Well, we are living up to our name on NBL now this morning. The big news in the East League just keeps on coming. This time, it's the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Very much still in the playoff mix. They've released a big-name import. Liam Santamaria, one of the sharpest minds of the game, is here to break that down. We've got a chaotic thriller in Cairns last night. And, yeah, we'll talk about the 36ers as well. That's all next. Well, it's maybe been the biggest news week in the league this season and another breaking news edition of NBL Now. In the words of Bill Laurie, it is all happening. Welcome to your Friday edition. We've sat tight for a little while this morning with some big news on the horizon. That has landed. Joel Peterson with you alongside NBL analyst Liam Santamaria. Good morning, Liam. Morning, Joel. Wow, there is a, a lot going on, as you say. It's crazy that of all the things that have happened in these last few days, Adelaide and, and CJ Bruton and the game last night, Cairns and Sydney, they're not even going to lead our conversation today. It's just one thing after another right now. I thought yesterday afternoon, I'll send through some I'll send through some talking points. I'll get on the front foot. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't because they would have been chucked out of the window as soon as I did that. Uh, let's cut to the car chase. So uh, the news out of the Southeast Melbourne camp this morning is that Will Cummings, their import guard, has been released. A statement from the club simply said they parted ways with import Will Cummings effective immediately. They will endeavour to replace him in due course. Uh, and basically... Uh, they're not saying a lot more than that at this stage. Of course, all the details throughout the course of the day you can get on the NBL app and via nbl.com.au. But Liam, this has come a little bit out of the blue. What's your gut reaction? Uh, it's pretty surprising, isn't it, to see imports being released at this time of the season, especially a guy who you know, has been playing well. Yeah, you know, This is a team that's actually doing pretty well and they're in that sort of playoff mix. And you know, he's averaging 14 points per game. He's been... You know, getting a lot done on the floor. Now, we saw him come off the bench last game, so that was clearly the start of these proceedings. Um, and then here we are. He's not on the roster anymore. So when a guy's been actually playing quite well and this happens, it's clear that there's some other things going on, you know, things off the floor or on the day-to-day during the week. And, you know, that's certainly the word I've been getting uh, off the back of the breaking of this news, that that it's in that type of realm that this move has been made. So the, the South East Melbourne Phoenix at the moment as they sit are fifth. They play Sydney on Sunday. They're 7-6 and six on the season so far, so they're above 500 on the campaign. We know that with their best is very good. They are still so very much in the hunt. I mean, this is... This is a this is a big call. It's a bad mm. call, but it is a brave call. Like organisationally, you see in, any, in all kinds of different sports, there are teams that might be desperate for success, and they go, "No, nah, we'll just ride this out. We'll put up with it." I mean, this is a this is a pretty serious move at this stage of the season. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Phoenix are clearly not making this change because Will Cummings has been underperforming on the floor. So, anytime you make a move like that and you're in the hunt, then you're right. It is a bold and and brave call, uh, but. At the same time, as an organization, you know, there comes a time when you've got to stand for something, you know, and, you know, if, if things aren't, if all the boxes aren't being ticked off the floor in terms of your commitments and the things that guys are expected to do as part of a professional basketball team in this country, then I guess at some point you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, as an organization, from Tommy Greer and Romy Chowdhury, the owner and that ownership group, and then certainly as the head coach, Mike Kelly, then, you know, you have to sort of stand up and take control. And it seems, and from my understanding, that's what's occurring here. And, you know, I really feel like Mike Kelly has kind of learned that over the course of his journey. I mean, he had that level of accountability as a player, but I feel like he had to learn that a bit as a coach. You know, early, 
you know, early in those proceedings in Cairns, he had a bit of trouble keeping guys accountable at the defensive end. And so now he's all about doing that. He's all about keeping guys accountable on the floor, off the floor. And as a result, Will Cummings is no longer on the roster. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Mike Kelly, he's been around the block. He's had a, a difficult experience in Cairns. Although he had some success. That went downhill. He went and, and, and bided his time as an assistant. Now he comes back into the top job and he puts his foot down, so to speak. Uh, so in terms of what's next for the Phoenix, of course, they don't have Craig Moller, who's gone down with an injury. So they've got a, a bit of a gap at sort of that the, the, the wing position. And then now they don't have Will Cummings. Where do you think they go? Because they've said that they will try and replace him in, in due course in their own words. So where do they go, wing or guard? And then, I mean, where do you even look at this time of year? Yeah, well, they are in total flux right now, aren't they? Because the Moller injury was disruptive enough, let alone now lead, uh, parting ways with one of your leading scorers and one of your key imports. So they're in total flux. They're back in the the, uh, the free agency market, essentially. I mean, Tommy Greer will be working the phones day and night right now in sort of free agent mode. I guess the benefit for them is they're not looking for a short-term replacement. It's hard to get those guys, hey, we've got we've got an opportunity for you here for three or four or five weeks. That's hard to get, like the breakers have found with the Zylan Cheatham situation. You're looking for a guy now for the rest of the season. So guys who have been cut loose elsewhere around the world for whatever reason, as long as, you know, and obviously there's going to be situations there that you're going to have to watch carefully. Uh, but they have some options for how they go about it now because yeah they need a defensive stopper like Craig Moller was providing at that three two three four spot um to get that job done alongside a guy like Matt Kenyon but they also need some more offensive punch now as well now do you find that in two separate guys or do you hit the lottery and find that in one guy on the wing an import out there in the market that's what they'll be trying to achieve it's going to be a fascinating situation to see how it plays out. And, of course, they play on Sunday afternoon, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time against the Sydney Kings. Speaking of the Sydney Kings, uh, quite often in the in basketball commentary, you know, you see the red numbers ticking down and we talk about the shot clock expiring. Well, it well and truly expired last <laughs> night, Liam. It just flat out gave up at <laughs> halftime, the shot clock up in Cairns. Um, I was out last night, so I was following this game sort of uh, on my phone as I could, and I I was you know manically refreshing my timeline, thinking what's going on here. My phone stopped working. I only got a new phone on Wednesday. Like oh, it's it's busted. I'm going to have to send it back. And sure enough, the the shot clock had expired. A, a 51 minute delay in the game. Yeah. Um, what was your take on on the situation? Was it that I guess the right outcome to to keep going in the way that they did? Well, it was bizarre, wasn't it? It was a total non-issue for me. It was my wife's birthday yesterday, so we were out to dinner, and um, it helped me catch up on the game later on. To be to be honest, um, but for everyone in the in the building, the air conditioning was off as well, and you know, it was a bizarre scenes. Um, not ideal, man. Not ideal to be playing without a shot clock. I, I wish there had been some other type of solution they could have come up with. Whether it's the the court announcer, uh, my former teammate Matt Smith counting down on the sidelines or something along those lines. No shot clock just didn't feel right, and there's no doubt it impacted on the game. But I will say this. Big credit to the coaches to come in, for coming to an agreement to get on with the game and play it out, and particularly the Sydney Kings, 
So Mahmoud Abdel Fattah for sure, but no doubt their organization would have been well and truly a part of that decision. You're leading. You have every right there to sort of say, nah, we're not going to play in suboptimal situations. But there's nobody more important in any of this than the fans. The fans in the arena and the fans watching on TV. And they got on with the game. Eventually, they got on with the game and were able to play it out. And I'm glad they ended up getting the win under those circumstances. So big kudos to the Kings for showing that level of sportsmanship. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, fair play to, to both teams for just uh, finding a way, but get particularly to the to the Sydney Kings for going, yeah, we're happy to to play this one out and then being good enough to uh, to get a win. Wasn't without a scare, though, toward the end of that game. Uh, Jonah Antonio, they thought that he might have uh, sent it into overtime, not quite to be. So the Kings get it done by, by three. In terms of the way that the game played out from that point, your overall takeaways, what did you uh, make of the, the, the opening to round 10? Uh, it strengthened Jalen Adams' MVP case because he was clutch and he guided them uh, to victory uh, last night. Um, it got all tied up there, I think. What was it, 82 apiece or something along those lines? 12 of 12 from the free throw line. Meanwhile, the Titans are out there shooting less than 50%. Um, you know, it was on the back of his performance. And then, man, what a clutch defensive play by Jalen Galloway just to rip the ball away from Pat Miller in those last moments. So... A good win on the road and, um, you know, big, big ups to, to Jalen Adams for the way he guided that team to victory. Hey, good night for the Jalens. And uh, we might have to start calling Jalen Adams Julius Adams after his uh, little up and uh, the reverse finish. Well, that was tough. Oh. oh, boy. That was shades of Dr. J, uh, as the NBL socials uh, pointed out last night. So, Cairns next head to Adelaide. It's a show of segues this morning. Uh Adelaide, of course, have been the big talking point of the week. I haven't heard your thoughts on on the week for the 36ers, Liam. What did you make of, of what went down in the City of Churches this week? Uh, sad for CJ Bruden. Well, I don't think we want to see any coaches losing their job. We want guys performing well, coaching well, and growing their careers, especially Aussie coaches, especially legends of the league like CJ Bruden. So sad that it played out. That way, uh, not completely surprising, right? Third year of a three-year deal, haven't been in the postseason. Last year was a big disappointment. The team's got a losing record this year. So I guess it comes to a point where ownership feels like they need to make a move. And that's that's the state of play. There's a lot coming out about what's been going on there. The reporting from News Corp, the reporting from ESPN's Olgan Ulrich. So I'm still kind of wrapping my head around all of that. What's clear is we're going to see a bit of a youth movement here. Scott Ninnis is going to lean in towards guys like Trenton Flowers and Nick Marshall and Kyron Galloway. These guys are going to see an uptick in minutes. And I'm fascinated to see what that looks like in that first game. Because as we know, there's nothing surer in sports than teams coming out with a bang uh, when they have a coaching change midseason. We saw the Hawks get a win in New Zealand in that scenario. So this is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, see if they get that dead cat bounce. It's interesting that they play Cairns too. So when, when and we've called a couple of their games this season, Liam, when Adelaide have looked their best is when they're up and down, they're, they're providing energy, they get some of those young guys in, it gives them a bit of a spark. And they play on Saturday night against a team that gets up and down, plays at pace. It'll it, Yes, how this game plays out on Saturday, will be it'll be a really interesting watch. 
Yeah, for sure. And the top ends are going to be desperate again, right? Like they were coming off with some confidence after beating Melbourne, but, you know, they got whacked around a little bit, uh, missed their first 14 looks from long range last night. So they're going to be coming in having licked their wounds and they will be aware of the type of response those Adelaide players will be looking to deliver. So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to calling that one with you on Saturday night because it's must-watch TV. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, but just being able to look forward to calling an Adelaide game at this stage of the season, uh, I couldn't maybe say that earlier in the week. Or else oh, that's we, harsh. We can say that at the moment. Uh, happy to be harsh with uh, with what they dished up last Saturday night. Uh, of course, tonight, Illawarra and Perth uh, continues the round. That game's in Illawarra, Perth. I'll enter that to have the heavy favourites. Uh, so the early game tomorrow night uh, is New Zealand Tassie. Just a quick word on Milton Doyle. So, of course, he, he played last last Saturday night against the Adelaide 36ers, having had uh, some family tragedy with his father passing away in, in the hours, basically, leading up to that game. He won't be out there for Tassie tomorrow night. Um, I, I mean, the, the leadership that, that that shows, just to get on with, with business, mm. Um, mm. not everyone can do it. So I'm not saying that that's what you have to do. Like, if, mm. if, if emotionally and, and, you, and mentally you can't do that, you, you'd be well and truly excused for, for being able to sit that one out and saying, nah, coach, I can't go tonight. Mm. And, you know, I had a quiet word to Scott Roth after the game to basically say this is what happened. He spoke to us in our broadcast and uh, in the aftermath, finding out what happened, you were just so impressed with with how he handled himself. That, yeah. If if I was Milton Doyle's teammate, yeah, I'd, I'd run through brick walls, walk across rivers. I mean, you'd do anything for the guy after something like that. Yeah, he's a total class act. Um, he's a star of the league and He's a, he's a class act in the way he goes about it. Um, my condolences to him and his family uh, on their loss and um, tough times. He's heading back for the funeral and, um, you know, our thoughts are, are with him and we wish him and his family all the best and can't wait to have him back home and on the floor. Yeah, our league's a better better place for having him in it. So uh, to Milton Doyle and his family, yeah, as, as you say beautifully, Liam, uh, we're, we're thinking of them and we look forward to seeing Milton Doyle back when, when he's ready. And when he is able to go and however long that takes, um, I think Milton will have uh, the full support of, of everyone across the NBL. The, the Sunday slate as we move across the weekend is Melbourne and Brisbane and then Sydney and South East Melbourne, as we mentioned off the top, uh, kicks things home on Sunday afternoon. Of course, ESPN, the place to go for all that action across the course of the weekend. Before we get out of here, though, Liam, we do have our weekend headlines. Damon Lowry stepped in for you last Friday and then deputised admirably. But I'm glad to have you back with us. So I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let you lead off uh, this morning with your weekend headlines. All right, thanks, man. The Adelaide Advertiser. If they do have that bounce back win under the leadership of Scott Ninnis, I could see them running something with a little hat tip to Back to the Future and Doc Emmett Brown with a big splash across the back page that says "Great Scott." Liam, we don't talk about this. We don't we don't discuss this before we come on air. Oh, no way. I haven't seen yours, you haven't seen mine, but we don't need to because I got the exact same thing. <laughs> okay. Right? All right, hey. Spending, spending too far too much time together, clearly. Great minds think alike. Two will stick together, whatever you way you want to go with. I love that. I love that. And yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see whether the thirty sixes can get up tomorrow night. We know that a big crowd will roll up to the Adelaide Entertainment Center no matter what. And uh and looking forward to uh, calling that. We're in a symbiotic kind of mood. We'll continue that tomorrow night, Liam. I look forward to seeing you on the call and uh, enjoy your weekend of hoops. Cheers. You too.
Thanks for your company this morning on NBL Now. Of course, the NBL app, nbl.com.au, the place to go for all the breaking news as it drops throughout the day. Just repeating our top story today. Will Cummings released by the South East Melbourne Phoenix, the, the biggest story in the league today.